Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman Magazine. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on TV and Satellite Week magazine and watchwatch.com. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 16th of July 2021, including Apple TV's musical comedy Schmigadoon and Alibi's action-packed spy series Whiskey Cavalier. And we'll also be talking about the return of sci-fi War of the World, starring Gabriel Byrne, star on Disney+, and setting off on a gruelling trek in Disney Plus's globe-trotting reality show, Race to the Centre of the Earth. Oh, it's a bumper weekend, isn't it? But tell me, what is in the news? Well, Nicola Walker of uh, Unforgotten and so many other fantastic TV shows, she's going to play D.I. Annika Stranded in Annika, on Alibi, which is about a detective in the Marine Homicide Unit who is investigating murders that wash up in Scotland's waterways. What else is in the news? Well, it's the, well, very highly anticipated third series of Succession on Sky Atlantic. So having been ambushed by his son, Kendall, played by Jeremy Strong at the end of the last series, media magnate Logan begins a bitter corporate battle that threatens to escalate into all-out family war. As you say, I think it's a pretty good week. We're starting off with something very unusual. I don't think I've ever watched anything quite like it. It's called Schmigadoon. It's on Apple <laughs> TV. And here is a clip. Welcome to our little town Where friends are all you meet Must be something they do for tourists. Hey, everyone! Ready? What? We can't leave. It's like magic. We're in an actual musical. Please, God, no. So I don't know if you're a fan of musicals, and it tends to be a bit marmite. You either love them or you hate them. But if you do like, I do. Music, yeah, I'm a fan as well. This is such a great idea. <laughs> it's it's uh, about a couple who find themselves trapped. In a 1940s musical. <laughs> what? Which is as weird this as it is just sounds. everything so, to love, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great. So, uh, the two stars, Cecily Strong, who is a Saturday Night Live regular, and Keegan Michael Key, they play these American doctors, Melissa and Josh. They're a couple, but the spark's gone out of their relationship. So, they go to this couple's retreat to try and kind of put the spark back in. Anyway, they're out backpacking <laughs> in the woods and they. They stumble across this uh, old-fashioned-looking town called Schmigadoon, which is which is a, a pun on the classic musical Brigadoon, which was where people found this Scottish village in the, in the Highlands. Anyway, uh, that's the title. And all the people there spontaneously break out into song and dance routines, as you heard in the clip, with musical accompaniments, and they find out that they're trapped there until they find true love (laughs) it's it's written by the people who they're script writers who've done quite a few films but particularly they did despicable me animated films the song and dance numbers are great like the first one when they arrive it's a bit of a kind of take on oklahoma the, the, the title track from oklahoma the musical and you will notice lots of stock characters from musicals you, you will have seen such as the sound of music it's got a good cast as well we've got uh, martin short 
plays the leprechaun and Alan Cumming uh, plays the local mayor. So, I mean, if you like musicals, you will just you, you will find this delightful because, you know, you'll pick up on all the references. But I think in a funny kind of way, because one of the characters, the guy, he, he just really hates what's going on. And he, if, if you don't like musicals, you'll kind of identify with him. And I think you'll quite enjoy seeing the, the tropes sent up. So, yeah, I've watched the whole series and um, I was delighted. I thought it was great. What did you think about this? Well, I love a musical, so it's, I'm definitely in. I mean, it is a really random take on the whole thing, isn't it? I mean, it is just absolutely bizarre getting stuck in something like that. But, you know, what's not to love? I, I mean, actually, there is a lot, lot to love if you really don't like musicals. In fact, if you don't like musicals, I would say would don't even bother, would you? It's not going to change your mind, okay, is it? Fair enough. He's not going to change your mind. You're there for one reason. It might make you think, this is why I don't like it. Yeah, but you'll never get that time back if you're honest. Um, I think think it's one of those things that, yeah, it's it's all recognisable. Sing along, good fun. Just a very odd take on the whole thing. But yeah, definitely one for me. Something a little bit different that you're going to tell us about, Hannah, over on Alibi and UK TV Play. Whiskey Cavalier. What's that all about? Yeah, Whiskey Cavalier. Let's have a listen to a, a, a short clip and then we can uh, we can talk about it. Whiskey Cavalier, you're one of our best agents. You're high of intelligence. He's proven to be a huge asset to the Bureau. You and your fiance recently parted ways? Yes, we did. It was mutual. Mostly from her side, but I'm totally fine with it. We have the footage. <laughs> okay, so this is slightly random, but also quite fun. It's a 13-part comedy drama, and it's been likened to Moonlighting. So if you like or are a fan of light-hearted 80s TV shows, then this is definitely one for you. So it's all quite tongue-in-cheek, but it is action-packed and it is a spy series now all of those things i wouldn't normally be saying in one sentence but i am and that's why it's a bit random um, but basically you see um two people come together uh, in in this series um two uh, one one is a, a female one is a male he is a spy so is she she well, she's a cia agent cia agent and it kind of Normally you imagine, stereotypically, the man is the one that sort of is the strong one and goes in there and isn't worried about anything. And this turns this right on its head. So the kind of opening scenes is is him. It's, uh, it's Scandal Scott Foley, actually. He plays FBI agent Will Chase. And you see him upset, crying, listening to sad music after the end of a relationship, a recent breakup. And so you kind of, you come to it not seeing him as this, you know, very somebody who knows exactly what he's doing in his job you see this other side to him um but is <laughs> if although it is an interesting way to start the show you see his paths cross as he goes on this journey he's, he's um he's on the trail of a hacker and he meets up with this cia agent frankie trowbridge the two of them rub along quite well together, but it's actually quite it's actually quite funny because she is not sensitive. She is really gung-ho. She sort of doesn't take any prisoners, so to speak. And you see their relationship kind of blossom. But it's, as I say, and as I said when I opened this, it's kind of really random because it's a spy series. It's funny. It's sensitive. It's kind of every every part of every genre all mixed into one. So it is, it is quite light-hearted, but it... 
it does have it does have a good theme and it and although I started off thinking oh I don't think this is for me actually I really liked it what about you Ian yeah I mean it really is a throwback to those those classic shows isn't it like um Remington Steel heart to heart I thought Lauren Cohen who plays Frankie was very good in this and as you say it's got a lot of comic dialogue going on and it's there's the kind of there's the instant spark between them even though apparently they hate each other clearly it's the will they won't they relationship and and it is <laughs> there's a lot of really good stunts in it as well it really is action-packed so you know of course it, it, it's a bit throwaway but I did enjoy it and also I found myself um because it starts off supposedly in Paris doesn't it and then it kind of they, they move around Europe and I, I was kind of slightly preoccupied with with well where have they actually filmed this is it actually in Paris and then are they actually filming in Russia when they go to Russia so I can answer that question for you if you get uh, similarly distracted it was mainly filmed in Prague but also in the UK Austria and France but yeah I thought it was it's it's pretty lightweight throwaway fun stuff but but yeah I did enjoy it and they do they pack a lot into one episode don't they, they yeah really they do. really and do and they've got he's got He's got the kind of jokey, buddy relationship with the guy back in the office, which slightly reminded me of the sort of Schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold relationship in um, True Lies. But yeah, I think if you like those classic 80s shows, you'll probably enjoy this. Well, I've got something, uh, once again, a bit of a change of pace, Hannah. This is on Disney+. Plus. It's an adventure race, a reality show. It's called Race to the Center of the Earth, and here is a clip. Four grueling paths around the globe converge on a single finish line. Oh. With one million dollars at stake. How much you got left in the tank? Who will win? And who will break? Oh my God! So this is from the people who made another global challenge series called The Amazing Race. The twist in this one is that, yes, there are these teams of three, four of them. They're called Team North America, Team Russia, Team South America, and Team Southeast Asia. And that relates to where they're racing, because they're all racing in different parts of the globe, using various different modes of transport. They're having to do things like rock climbing, whitewater rafting. And you might ask, well, how do they make it fair if they're all racing along different routes doing different things good question well what they do is they've they've worked out what time the teams should do their different legs of the journey in and if they're faster than that they get extra points and then at the final leg they all race together to reach the cash prize of a million dollars which is attached to a boy in the pacific ocean is that clear so the kind of people who the kind of people who enter these sort of competitions, um, they intrigue me. So there's one group who describe themselves as competitive, sarcastic and nasty. I think, well, OK, well, that sounds great. They've got a team of ex-cops. They've got teams of colleagues, teams of friends. So, yeah, this is a, if you like watching people do things like trying to get a canoe over a mountain and um, they, they go off racing around in these off-road vehicles and and you know when you, you look through your insurance documents and occasionally it says you're covered for civil unrest 
Well, in this, one of the teams, uh, when they're in South America in Santiago, they do, they had to be kind of evacuated because they came across some civil unrest. So that was an unexpected event. I feel like I've seen enough of these shows. I'm not that interested in, in them anymore. But I think if you do get hooked in and you get to know the characters, maybe it's, it's something that's fun to watch. Is this something that you will either watch or take part in, Hannah? <laughs> I definitely won't be taking part. No. You know what? You said okay. just then, they intrigue you, people that want to do this. And I can't, because it's, it's essentially a reality show, isn't it? So, you know, you, yeah. you're watching people... Are they doing? I mean, you've got to be a certain ability to be able to do this. Let's be honest. You know, physically, in terms of fitness. But are they doing it because they want fame? Is 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 this? We know this is the case with a lot of reality shows. Is that ultimate fame that they're kind of chasing, or is this genuinely people that are really good good in their field of sport and they want to put themselves to the test? And I and I think that's where. You, you see it splitting up and you can see the differences in people because actually you're putting yourself through an awful lot to do something like this, aren't you? It's pretty hardcore. Yeah, and also because it's teams of three, you know, it's going to be two against yeah. one, isn't it? They're going to be arguments. Full show. Sure. Yeah, well, and I suppose that makes good TV and we should know that. The last thing we're going to look at <laughs> this week, it's a returning sci-fi series, War of the Worlds. Tell us more, Hannah. Yeah, so this is on uh, Disney Plus. Now, I'm sure, Ian, you've watched the first series and, and lots of our listeners will have also listened to uh, watched the first series too. And I kind of dipped in and out because, as you know, sci-fi is not my big thing. But I really, really immersed myself in this. And um, actually, I found it quite scary. Um, let's listen to a clip. Can you please choose the scariest clip you can find, Ian? This is what the end of humanity looks like. came to Earth six months ago. They look just like us. The girl they found on the ship, why do they keep her alive? I'm your dad. I'm supposed to keep you safe. <laughs> and I can't protect you. So the last season ended on a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, and this new series... Uh, resume six months later and so uh, a lot of people have been killed in the in the previous series and this is the sort of the, the remaining London survivors and I think what's quite scary about this is of course you know Ian you'll know as well as I often walk, walk through London to work or wherever it may be and there's so many the bridges for example that you see the characters walking across they're all all ones that we walk over regularly ourselves so it kind of really I don't know it just bring makes it very real for me anyway and um aliens have have landed basically and the 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 main two characters are looking to try and I suppose kill the aliens they want they want to give humanity one last chance of survival because the aliens are taking over and they're they're kind of he's working on this um biological weapon and because he's grieving for his lost wife and his son, you know, it makes it all more impassionate to try and try and ensure that these aliens go. But they're they're pretty terrifying. I, I, don't, I don't know. I know you like sci-fi more than I do. But for me, this was really quite engaging in a different sort of way. It is action packed, but also it feels very real, even though. Surely it couldn't possibly be real, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's really good. It's very character-driven. And, I mean, if you think you you know War of the Worlds, because obviously there was, there's was there been the Tom Cruise film, and then there was, like, the period adaptation uh, starring Eleanor Tomlinson and Rafe Spall, 
this is a very different take on it, and it's it's actually um, co-created by Howard Overman, who who wrote one of my favourite sci-fi series of all time, Misfits, which is on Netflix. It's about all these young offenders who get superpowers. If you've not seen that, check it out. It's brilliant. So yeah, this is very different to the original story. What I particularly like, the aliens have these sort of cyborg... They look like cyborg dogs, don't they? These sort of metal quadrupeds that terrorise the, the, the humans. And as you say, I mean, it, it's all quite grey and grim, but as you say, that the, the landscapes in London, they've, they've sort of made it look as if these spaceships have, have landed in London, and it's quite convincingly done. But yeah, it's an interesting departure to the story now, because we're going to find out why Emily, uh, this blind woman whose sight was restored by the alien's magnetic pulse that wiped out everyone, unless you were sort of inside a metal room or something... Uh, why is she the exception? Why is she different? And and she's been taken off on this spaceship and now she's back and the survivors are launching an attack on the alien spaceships and, yeah, there's going to be some big revelations coming up. Whether they can trust her as well because, of course, she's been on the spaceship and is she, you know, someone they can actually trust? So, yeah, it's great. Gabriel Byrne uh, is, is wonderful as usual. And it is, it's very character-driven and the script is, is really strong, I think. So um, you definitely have to watch series one because otherwise you will be <laughs> quite confused. But, yeah, I think recommended mm. for sure. I think you've been on holiday, so you may not have been binging very much TV. But have you had time at all? I have. Apart from the uh, football and everything else that's been going on in Wimbledon, mm-hmm. um, I also um, had a little look at Sex Life on Netflix. Now, I don't know if you've watched this. Did evening, you but know? Yeah, I did. I did. I thought, oh, yeah, that'll be easy viewing. I'll go and watch that. Well, don't watch it with your mother in the room. That's all I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> just don't do it. <laughs> um, it was. It was. I'm no prude, but that was the opening scene. Pretty much sets the whole thing up. And, and uh, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> You're going to go and watch it now, aren't you? Well, I have, while kind of searching through Netflix menu, it is one of those things that comes up in various categories. So, yes, based on your recommendation, I will have a look. <laughs> now, I've got a, I've got a Netflix recommendation for you. I've binged the whole series. It's called On Becoming a God in Central Florida, and it stars Kirsten Dunst, I was watching Jumanji, funnily enough, yesterday, and she was in that as a child star with Robin Williams. Then, of course, she was Spider-Man's girlfriend, uh, memorably. She stars in this, and it's a drama about a sort of pyramid selling scheme, and her husband, her character's husband, is totally committed, obsessed with this pyramid selling scheme, and everyone who does it believes that they're going to be Um, become very, very wealthy, and it's run by this sort of mysterious, eccentric guy. Um, I'm not going to say any more, but Dunst is fantastic in it, and, um, yeah, it's it's one of the best things I've seen on Netflix. I really hope it comes back for another series, so... Do you know what? I'm going to watch that because there's loads of those. Well, pyramid schemes are illegal now, aren't they? But I think they sort of form under a guise of other things half the time, but... um, it's quite a lot of that kind of thing, but it's in, going on. It's interesting. I'll be watching that. Yeah, it's well worth a watch. Now, we just got time to look ahead to next week. So what are we going to be binging on next week, Hannah? The masked singer meets first dates in the bizarre Netflix dating show Sexy Beasts. I mean, I'm all over that. 
That's going to be good. And uh, good news, football really is coming home this time as the award-winning soccer sitcom Ted Lasso kicks off a second season on Apple TV. So we look forward to those. But in the meantime... Keep... 